Let's do this. Let's talk about talk. Hey there, I'm Dr. Andrea Wojnicki. Please call me Andrea. Welcome to Talk About Talk, the communication-focused podcast that provides us with the knowledge, strategies, and confidence to enrich our relationships and enhance our career success. This week, we're talking fashion and style. Quite a swing from the topic of artificial intelligence, which we covered last week, right? Well, we know that our attire, our fashion and our style, speaks volumes for us. Have you ever been in a clothing store, in the fitting room, looking in the mirror thinking, should I buy this? Will I wear it? Should I wear it? And how many times have you been in your bedroom, staring at the clothes in your closet, not sure how to dress for some event you're going to? And if you do narrow it down to two outfits, how do you decide which one to wear? All of us, male and female, have experienced these quandaries. In the back of our mind, we know people are judging us by what we wear, by how we look, by whether we're dressed appropriately, and by our style. Well, Talk About Talk listeners, we are in luck. In a moment, I'm going to introduce you to someone who has some real, usable advice regarding these questions. Her name is Carolyn Quinn, and she's the Executive Director of Toronto Fashion Week. Yes, a real, bona fide fashionista. I should tell you, just for context here, that we are focusing this episode on helping us answer the question of how to dress, as opposed to, say, the symbolism and identity creation associated with clothing. We will be covering that topic in a few weeks when I interview Professor Russell Belk, an incredibly insightful ethnographer who shares many relevant insights regarding the symbolism associated with our possessions. Certainly, clothing qualifies as one of our possessions, and an important one since it is publicly displayed. More on this in a few weeks. At the end of this podcast, you will have some real tractable advice. Like what to consider when you're deciding whether to buy a new coat or a new pair of pants and how to decide what to wear when you're uninspired by the clothing in your closet. Let me introduce you to Carolyn. Carolyn is the leading expert in fashion initiatives, having served as the Director of Fashion Events and Properties at IMG Canada for four years. At IMG, she oversaw all aspects of Toronto Fashion Week, as well as Startup, a national designer program for new and emerging designer talent. Prior to that, Carolyn served as event director of the Fashion Design Council of Canada for eight years. She has unparalleled experience in event and runway show production, client management, as well as designer and media relations. I can tell you from personal experience, having attended a fashion show that she curated and produced, that she has phenomenal talent in creating fashion shows that are beyond gorgeous. And here she is, sitting across from me for this Talk About Talk interview on fashion and style. Thank you so much for joining us, Carolyn. I really appreciate it. Happy to be here. I'm excited to talk about um, all things fashion. So I, I wanted to start with a question that is a bit of a cliche and hear your take on this. And the question is, what do you think about the saying, you are what you wear? I think it is um, such a true statement. I think that we all have to get dressed in the morning and I think we make a decision based on so many different factors. When it's mid-February and it's snowy and it's cold, um, I find myself personally, I'm in all black. And you see everyone sort of in the city and, and in the world dressed 
dark and um, I think it really impacts our feelings. Now that it's starting to get warm out, you know, I'm starting to pull out all the bright colors and whites and, and it really, you know, you can see that, you can feel that spring is in the air. We also get dressed in a way in the mornings, almost like an armor. I think that it, it, it there's something that is happening in our life or, you know, is affecting our moods. It's impacted by what we wear, very much so. Um, and also I think that What's happening internationally in the world, whether it be economic, wars, whatever, um, designers design collections based on really what is, what is happening globally. Mm. And it impacts what we, what we wear. And again, it's like an armor, you know, if there's something negative happening or positive or weather or economics. It's, we outwardly project ourselves based on what we wear in the mornings. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. So armor is an interesting word, right? Because I feel like armor is something you put on to shield yourself from the mm-hmm. outside. But you're saying that may be true. It's also true that you're communicating from the inside out. It's so much of a communication piece. You know, there's designers now that are, and I'm sure everybody's seen it on either social or, or in the city. There's slogans on a lot of um, clothing now. Right. So whether it be, I'm a feminist, or equal pay, uh, or don't ask me to smile. Right. And the whole Me Too mo- movement has really moved that forward. Right. So again, so- it's the armor, it's the subtle, um, you know, wearing black or wearing bright colors, but that it's also very much putting it out to the world, right. your, you know, your, your stance, your position on things. Right. Um, so there's the style of what you're wearing, there's the color of what you're wearing, there's the brands that you're wearing Mm -hmm. and people used to, I think, assume that that was communicating a lot, but now we've really gone a step beyond that. And it's literally having the sentence or the phrase or your motto or your mantra across your chest or on your toque. Right. Very much so. And there's also the, um, make America great again, the red hat, obviously the famous red hat, um, by president Trump. I've seen a number of different renditions of that hat oh, yeah. with different slogans where it's really a take on that and what's happening in the in politics in the world. Right. Yeah. Right. I've seen those too, mm-hmm. where it's basic, basically um, reversing the message. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. There's so many things from what you said that in terms of directions that we could go, but I actually think the listeners might be interested to hear what you're wearing. I would be curious if I was listening to this. So Carolyn's wearing a white short sleeve V-neck t-shirt with no branding on it that I can see, mm-hmm. and jeans, mm-hmm. and a lovely blue blazer that has nice uh, piping on the inside, the stripes yeah. on the inside. A red and white stripe. Yeah. When I got dressed this morning, it's funny, my husband said to me, um, where are you going today? Because I'm dressed sort of differently than I normally am. Um, I always I always wear Canadian, some small piece of what I'm wearing is always Canadian. Sometimes oh, I'm head to you. toe, but there's always some piece of Canadian. Huh. So I'm wearing the, the blazer that I'm wearing is um, a design team based in Toronto here called Smythe. Okay. And I own pieces from them that are 10 years old. Yeah. Um, and this designer duo um, has dressed Meghan Markle, mm. um, uh, numerous celebrities around the world. Um, they're, they're, they've, very much grown over the last number of yeah, years. Very talented. The, in the context of Megan Markle. Yes. Yeah. 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 Good for them. And good for you for doing that. So you're also dressing purposefully to encourage 
our local economy. Absolutely. I'm the executive director of Toronto Fashion Week. My work is very much about encouraging and supporting Canadian designers and the fashion industry in Canada. So I always am, you know, purchasing Canadian designers, wearing Canadian designers and supporting Mm. them and promoting them. Mm. So let me just ask a few questions about the business then. Um, I think when most people think about the fashion industry, at least from my perspective, I think about backstage at the fashion show. Mm. But there's so much more to it, right? There sure is. Toronto Fashion Week, and you know, it's glamorous. It happens twice a year. It's runway shows, um, Canadian designers presenting their latest collections. There's craziness backstage, hair and makeup. Um, it, it's, it's very glamorous, but most of the time it isn't glamorous. I spent most of my days, you know, in the office, um, hunched over my computer, meeting with designers, looking at their collections. It's a glamour for a couple of days, but most of the time it's, it's like any other business and industry. It's, it's about the work. So is your mission at Toronto Fashion Week to advocate for? Yeah, promote Canadian designers, um, both nationally and internationally, um, and, and really to generate revenue and and trade for them so i guess the obvious thing then is you have a lot of power because i would imagine if i was an up-and-coming designer in particular i'd really want to impress you because you have this power to promote you know what there's so much talent here i know there's so much talent here um and a a lot of people don't know canadian designers i think here in toronto and and maybe in montreal or vancouver the bigger cities in in canada may may know them more than you know the smaller communities um i'm from nova scotia i'm from a teeny tiny little town in Cape Breton oh, really? and I certainly growing up did not know anything about Canadian designers didn't even know there was Canadian designers until I started going to until I went to school at Ryerson okay. and and then um, started to learn about them so it's really about promoting them to you know people in Canada that may not know okay and and uh, I think people would also like to hear your background. So you went to Ryerson and you studied fashion design? I did. I went to, I went to St. Mary's and I um, have a Bachelor of Arts with a major in business. Okay. And then I came to Toronto um, to study fashion, essentially, because where I'm from, uh, there's no <laughs> real industry there, that's for sure. Um, came to Toronto, went to Ryerson and George Brown, um, and then started to work in the industry. What was your first job out of school then? I worked for a designer called Rosaria Lamana. Um, and I was a studio assistant and oh. helped her. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And look at you now. Yeah, look Amazing. at me now. <laughs> a couple of minutes ago when you were just talking about the you are what you wear saying, it, something else came to mind that I've heard that I think is pretty funny. And I want to hear what your perspective is on this. Have you ever heard that women don't dress for men? They actually dress for other women. Have you heard that? I have heard that. Um, I absolutely agree with it. You do? I absolutely agree with it. I think that um, we do dress. I think, I think primarily, I think we dress for ourselves. Yeah. Um, but I think that if we, we, I don't think it's for men. I think it's, it's more for ourselves and maybe for women. <laughs> yeah. I think women love fashion. You know, most women, maybe not everyone, but most women love fashion. So I think that we're dressing for our girlfriends. We're, you know, um, we're dressing for our girlfriends. <laughs> so that's an interesting segue into the next question that I have for you. Um, before we press record, you were telling me about sitting on a panel between 
Was it a neurosurgeon and an economist? Uh, a neurosurgeon and uh, somebody in economics right. um, for a career day a couple of days ago. And, you know, the students that were asking the questions were asking, they were asked the question, what do you want to do? What do you want to be? What kind of industry do you want to go into? And a lot of them said science or economics or um, a number of things that the parents wanted to hear. Right. But then later that evening, a lot of the students emailed me and were saying, I want to go into film. I want to go into a creative field. And I think that's what is expected of them. Um, and, you know, I think that there's, it's, it's not a traditional industry fashion or, or any type of creative trade. So um, I was interested in hearing that and, and, and hope that... That's really fascinating yeah. that they held on to the questions mm-hmm. until later when it was more private. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, I have a friend who is really into fashion and she always looks phenomenal. And she's also brilliant. You know, she has a PhD in psychology and she's smart in many ways, not just academically. She told me once that her husband said to her, I think you need to calm it down on the fashion a little bit because people might think that you're not as smart as you are. Hmm. And her response was, I dress like this because I love it and they can make whatever assumption they want about me. Don't you think Mm -hmm. that's interesting? That's very interesting. And again, it's back to the, we are what we wear and it's about, um, you know, projecting almost our personality coming up through our, our, what we decide to put on and what we decide to wear. Right. But I, you know, some days, you know, have full, I'm in full leopard. Some days I'm in black. I think that it's, it's about projecting who we are. Right. Um, and sometimes that can change like, to your absolutely. point. Absolutely. It and, can change, but I would never, I don't absolutely don't agree with that, with that, with that uh, statement. So I think, <laughs> I think he, was, he was trying to be helpful though, right? He's like, you're a really smart woman. I don't want people thinking otherwise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fascinating, right? Just yeah. his perception was people that are really well dressed can't be that smart. Well, Look at your wife. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so you should know better. Yeah. So she obviously has the confidence to curate her personal style. I was wondering if you have any pointers. They could be things that maybe people have heard and maybe things that people haven't heard about developing a personal style. First of all, should you? And if you should, how do you do it? I think the most important thing about creating a personal style or, you know, when you're shopping is to always dress for your body. I think that's, it's so key. You know, in the early, I say mid two thousands, when skinny jeans came out, I spent five years trying to find the perfect pair. They are not meant for my body. And I came to the realization that they don't look good on me. I can't wear them. You know, I have to move on to something else. And I think that we have to dress for our body type. And I think that we have to not focus on, on trends, which people often do. That's surprising to hear from someone who does what you do. I don't, I do not focus on trends. I buy things that are, that have longevity. I have things in my closet from 10 years ago and every spring I'll pull out my summer dresses and people will always, Oh my God, that's amazing. And I always say it's vintage. <laughs> 10 years old is not vintage, but yeah. it's about being able to pull huh. things out that you can wear again and again but and you, again. You always look stylish. You tried to find the perfect skinny jeans. Can you comment on ripped jeans? I have them on right now. I love ripped jeans. Um, I, 
you know, they're current right now. They're current, but I think that they've been they've been around for you know a number of years. They'll go away. The skinny jeans will be back. Then the wide bottoms will be back again. Um, I think that you can. I'm wearing them to the office today, so I think that they've b- become more commonplace. Again, fashion is cyclical. If that's an interesting answer. I'm sure you've seen images of models walking down the runway, and you, there's literally a one inch strip of fabric down the side holding the jeans together and the whole front of it is ripped out. Have you seen those? Yes. Yes. When I saw that, I was like, I am not doing the ripped jeans thing. Fashion always goes to the extreme. So waistlines, for example, they go high, 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 high until they can go no higher. And then all of a sudden the trend is low cut jeans, low cut jeans. And when they can't go any lower, that's when I feel that the trend changes. Uh, Yeah. The same with heels, right? They go wide and then they go skinny and they go high and they go low Mm -hmm. and then flats are in and then back to heels it's it's interesting to introduce trends into your wardrobe through accessories and those types of things things that you don't have to invest a lot of money in and it's fun and um and you can be fun with your with your wardrobe in that way and that way you know you have pieces in your closet that you can wear for 10 years that are are enduring. They stand the test of time. So I've heard similar advice regarding interior decor, right? So you buy a couch that Mm. you hope you're going to love for 15 years, but you change the cushions, you change the vases, you change whatever. Yeah. The accessories. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And you know, I think that that's an interesting comment because I think that fashion and home decor, one sort of influences the other, the design aspect of it. Which, which is the leading indicator? Fashion, for sure. Fashion, Fashion <laughs> for absolutely. Sure, sure. Absolutely. And trends are cyclical. And, you know, you can have something that you buy now and sits in your closet for five years, but then you can pull out again. And it's relevant once again. Right. Yeah. Right. Especially I've, I've had pieces in my own wardrobe where sometimes I've gotten rid of it because I thought it was trendy and the trend was over. But then I, then I think a couple of years later, that turquoise crossover blouse I could wear it now and mm-hmm. it wouldn't be trendy and it was good quality. Why did I get rid of it? Yeah, so. I made the mistake about 15 years ago of completely doing a big edit of my closet. And I think once a week, I think back to some of the pieces that oh. I had there that I wish I had. You were in a purging mood. I was in a purging mood. So since then, I've kept everything. I don't throw anything away. And Really? I don't throw anything away. So you're I keep buying, everything. So therefore, you are buying for long Uh, Absolutely. When I am standing in a store making the decision to buy something or not, I think, I wonder if I'll wear this in 10 years time. And if the answer is yes, I'll often buy it. I Mm. very rarely buy anything that is a one or twice wear outfit. Hmm. Fascinating. I was going to ask you this question at the very end, but just it relates to your focus on, on buying things for at least 10 years. The fashion industry, I've heard in the media and seen evidence of the fact that it's focusing more and more on environmental sustainability and responsibility. Can you talk a little bit about that? Fashion is one of the biggest industries that generates waste. Um, Fast fashion is really just disposable fashion. fashion. You buy something and you, again, it's back to trends. You wear it for a year and then you're throwing it away. Um, I think that, again, you know, it's about buying things that maybe are a little bit more expensive, um, but you will wear it. It will stand the test of time. Um, It will have longevity. Also, I think it's about maybe buying vintage and and, and supporting... um, pieces that you can you can have in your closet mm-hmm. that have, have, have 
been worn, have been um, celebrated and loved. Hmm. So, and buying the things that will last longer. Absolutely. That are less trendy. Absolutely. It reminds me of my grandmother who was a school teacher and she was very well dressed, but she didn't have a lot of clothes. And twice a year, every spring and every fall, she would go to Holt Renfrew and buy the outfit head to toe, including hat, accessories, gloves, nylon, like everything, right down to the shoes. And she'd introduce that into her wardrobe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's about introducing new pieces, um, you know, as the season, each new season, and updating and refreshing um, your closet, but still being able to wear the pieces. And also, I think it's important also to have pieces in your closet that are seasonless. So I have pieces that I can wear in the summer, but also in the winter. Um, and then they, again, you're able to wear them more often and not needing to be buying in fast fashion and continually adding things in that aren't going to stand the test of time. So is this bad news for the industry, though? I think the industry is changing. Like H&M has introduced a new um, eco line. So it's about them recycling their clothes. Zara also has introduced a new... Yeah. yeah, Zara has also introduced a line of recycled clothing. So I think that... Fast fashion is still happening and, you know, there is waste, but I think that bigger companies are recognizing that, noticing that consumers are savvy, consumers are smart now, and they want to be able to buy things Mm. that aren't contributing to waste. So you're making me think about a couple purchases that I've made recently. I really like the animal prints, the reptile, and I bought some jeans recently that are, you know, really comfy, stretchy jeans, but they have the reptile print on them. Mm Am I going to be wearing those in 10 years? I think you will. I think you will. I absolutely think you will. I have pieces that, you know, leopard print is so big right now. I have pieces that I bought seven or eight years ago that I'm now pulling out again and are relevant again. That's true. Can you talk about the difference between style and fashion? I think that style really endures. Mm. It's something that um, is more of a classic look and feel. It's, it's more of our personality. Um, fashion to me is trends. Fashion is, you know, buying pieces that are latest and greatest and newest and things that you're seeing on the runway that, um, that again, are not going to stand the test of time. Style is about, it's, it's much more of a classic um, look and feel. Mm. Um, yeah. Now you're reminding me of a friend that I have a friend of mine who always dresses really well, but she surprises people. I say, gorgeous wrap coat. And she said, winners, what? And she just has impeccable style. She knows what looks good on her body, mm-hmm. to your point. And she has friends who spend a lot of money on head-to-toe labels. And I said to her, the difference between them and you is that you have style and they're into fashion. Mm-hmm. I always say, you don't have to spend a lot of money to be to have a great sense of style you don't have to be shopping designers or um or labels or brands going to like places that aren't necessarily well known and really picking out pieces that are classic um Mm. to to add to your wardrobe that add to your style right Mm -hmm. again it sounds like something you could do for your house curating pieces absolutely yeah and then changing out things once in a every season changing a rug changing pillows um drapes those types of things just it's like dressing accessories huh so focusing on trends then um I, i have some questions for you i guess from a business perspective when you've observed different trends be it a color or a shape uh or a certain fabric that comes in or out of style in and out of fashion do you see it as a cycle 
first of all, that is everything's bound to come back? Like, do you, I want you to comment on that. And also the pace of the cycles. Fashion is absolutely cyclical. Something that is in style, that is trendy today, will come back in years to come. And it's usually a four or five year cycle. You'll see things come back. Four or five years, yeah. really? The, the, the difference is, though, is that there's always a little bit of a different spin on them. Right. And the best example of this is men's ties. Ah. So my husband okay. has, yeah, has hundreds of ties. So they'll be wider for several years and then he'll go and purchase new ties and they'll be thinner. Then again, a couple of years later, they'll be wider again. The difference is though, and I always say, why do you have all these ties? You know, you can rewear them. Why? He gets rid of them because they're always just an inch or two off from what they were several years before. Hmm. So there's and always the a little bit of a different, different too, right? fabric's different. Um, there's more innovation and, and, and things change quite quickly. Um, so it's always just a little bit different. Um, I do think though, and back to the sustainability topic, things can be altered. Things can be changed to be wearable again. So you can kind of oh. get to that, that happy medium to what the, when the style comes back, you can alter it so that it's, it's fresh again. So big shoulder pads were in recent recently but then of course they really were in the yes, 80s right yes. but they definitely look different i i look at the way i was dressing in the 80s and my clothes were all really big mm-hmm. like not fitted even though i probably thought they were but they weren't and it's come back but again you know to your point it's there it's a bit different they're a bit more fitted now um the silhouette is different um it comes back but it always has a special twist on it hmm. so it's four or five years I was wondering, you know, people say that the pace of change in our world, in technology, things are changing faster and faster. Do you think that's true in fashion or is it, is it a pretty consistent every four to five years? I think that it's changing. I think that that time frame is narrowing. It is. Even the way designers and retailers um, issue their collections. So it used to be four seasons, designers... Um, you'd see the clothes in the store, the new collections. Now there's different drops. Some designers are dropping collections every week, new pieces every week and introducing them that way. Wow. Yeah. The best example of that would be Supreme, which instead of, you know, dropping the collections in four times a year, rather, they've decided to do it once a week to keep um, the consumers interested. Wow. And and they've been so successful at it. Is it because we, our attention span is narrowing? I think so. You know, with the introduction of of social media, you know, we, everything is immediate. We see, we can see everything. We can find out anything we want. And fashion is obviously huge on social media, particularly Instagram, because it's visually oriented. Do you want to make any comments about that? Social media has such an impact on the fashion industry. It does. Even in my work with um, Fashion Weeks, the designers used to present collections six months in advance of, of anybody seeing them. We're seeing that time frame really narrow because people are immediate. They see it. A designer presents a collection on the runway. Yeah. And people want it right away. And they can get it. Yeah. Quick. Done. Well, not normally with a fashion week because the designers wouldn't produce that collection uh, until, you know, it wouldn't be in stores until right. six months later. Right. Those are the samples. Yeah, basically. exactly. So the model is changing. Now designers are presenting see now, buy now. So they're showing the collections that are actually in store so wow. people can go and buy it or they're introducing 
collections that are specific for buy, see now, buy now. Hmm. So Burberry did that. Um, Tom Ford did that, creating you know a number of pieces that people could actually go into the store immediately following a buy. Physically into the store because mm-hmm. I was imagining you know take your phone out if you go to this website you can you can click or you can do that or yeah. you can or you can order it online yes <laughs> <Okay>. yes <laughs> it reminds me I was recently listening to a, a TED talk about um, Nike shoes and how it's consistent with some other industries where they have releases like think of the gaming industry they have a new console mm-hmm. or a new game gets released or whatever and people line up people are lining up for new Nike shoes especially Air Jordans, every week. They are physically lining up outside the Nike stores every week. So this is consistent with what you're saying. Mm -hmm. It's those drops, yeah, to keep people interested and excited and and, and immediate. People want things right away. They see it, they want it. But that sounds like it's, it's trendy stuff, right? That's feeding trends, not really... That's... I feel like that's fashion for a different reason than... It is. It's, it's, it's not that, um, it's not pieces. It's not endurance. It's not endurance. It's feeding the immediate appetite of consumers. Right. Mm -hmm. Although you could say my personal style is that I'm leading edge. Yes. Some people have that. Yes. I'm wondering if you have generic tips that you think would help people just look better in terms of what they're wearing when they're choosing what they're wearing in the morning. Are there some general things that we, we should be thinking about? I think that first and foremost, quality of clothing is key. So it's wearing fabrics that are not natural fabrics and wearing fabrics that are a little bit more high-end than fast fashion um, consumers. I think it's about spending a little bit more money on clothes, hmm. um, if you can, and, and, and having higher quality um, I think that everyone looks better in, in that type of quality, really. It's just quality? Uh, yeah, it's quality. Hmm. Yeah. So if I'm not sure what to wear and I'm trying to decide between two outfits, the deciding factor could be quality, right? If I'm choosing between, I'm going to a board meeting tonight, I've got this suit or this dress. I really don't know what I want to wear. Which one's better quality? Done. Just yeah. wear the better quality one. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that's huh. exactly it. Yeah, and Quality and fit. Fit's also important. So you can have something that, you know, if it's not the right size or if you have lost weight, put on weight, um, it fits really important and having something tailored properly. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Because there's some things that I really love and they just, they pull or they are baggy somewhere or whatever. It's, it's just, it doesn't, and you don't want your clothes to be a distraction, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I hate it when I'm in a meeting or do, particularly if I'm doing a presentation or a meeting with a client and I'm thinking about my clothes. That's not right. When I get dressed in the morning, I often um, will think about what I have that day. What meetings I have. Do I have to, am I going to be in and out of my car? Um, you know, go at, it, I often think about if I'm going to be, what meetings I have to go to. Do I have to do any walking? Am I going to be in and out of my car? You know, um, because it really impacts how I dress and, and if I'm going to be on the run or if I'm going to be sitting at my desk all day. Um, comfort is, is key. I heard this advice probably 20 years ago from a friend of mine who was a really successful model. She said that when they were in modeling school, they taught the models when you're dressing, you need to think about your hair, your hands, and your feet. So if your hair looks great, if your hands are well manicured, and if you have great shoes on or a great pedicure, whatever, however you define that, 
that's what matters. Forget about the rest of it. What do you think of that? I think it had to tell considering you need to consider, um, the whole look. So it's about hair and makeup. Makeup is so important. And makeup is another, is an important thing when you're considering what to wear. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's head to toe, you know, you, if you have bad shoes, but a great outfit, it, you know, it's, it's a distraction. I think that it's key. Um, the head to toe look is so important. Yeah. I'm going to ask you the five rapid fire questions now that I ask every guest. Okay. Let's go. Okay. Uh, question number one, what are your pet peeves? Ugh, late. People being late. I, I'm always on time or I'm 10 minutes early. If I can be on time, I drive quite a distance to get to my office every day. I have two kids, a crazy mornings, and I always manage to get on time. I think it's one of those things that I think it's rude. I think that people, um, why is my, why is your time more important than mine? Second question, what type of learner are you? Visual. Absolutely. And I think it has a lot to do with, you know, the industry and the creative industry that I'm in. Um, everything is visual for me. I have to see it. I have to, I need to see something tangible. Um, hundred percent. I'm not surprised. Uh, introvert or extrovert? A little bit of both, a little bit of both, depending on the environment that I'm in. Yeah. I can be very much an extrovert and sometimes very much an introvert. Huh? Okay. Question number four, your communication preference for personal conversations. Face-to-face, always face-to-face. You know, we spend so much time on our phones, so much time over email, um, social media, the internet. It's nice to have a face-to-face with people. Um, I'll often schedule meetings purposely face-to-face rather than conference calls or whatnot. Last question, is there a podcast or a blog or an email newsletter that you find yourself recommending the most? Every morning, I always read Retail Insider, which is an online um, retail portal that is the latest in the retail news in Canada. In Canada. Yeah, in Canada. Um, I always read that every morning. I always read the Daily Beast for the sort of global perspective of what's happening in the world. Um, And then I also, um, Fashion Talks, which is a podcast um, hosted by Donna Bishop. Okay. And it's a fashion-focused podcast that really is um, all the latest and greatest that's happening in the world of fashion and how it relates to our daily lives. So I always um, tune into that. Great. I will put links to all of those that you mentioned in the show notes so the listeners can find them as well. How can listeners connect with you if they have a question for you or maybe they want to work for you or they have um, questions about career advice in the fashion industry? Is there... Um, they can go to the website for Toronto Fashion Week, tfw.to, okay. and all my contacts are there. Okay, great. Thank you so much for your time Thank and you. your insights. It was really fun. Yeah, fun. Thank you. Did you catch all that? I feel so much better equipped to go shopping for clothes. Now I feel like I know the secret formula. So yes, trend cycles are accelerating, and the cycles typically last four to five years. It's interesting that fashion trends precede interior design trends. But we don't want to fall victim to trends and fast fashion. I have to say, the passion that Carolyn expressed for environmental sustainability in the fashion industry was a pleasant surprise to me. I love how she embraces classic clothing, yet she's so on trend. And she tries to not buy clothing that she can't imagine wearing in 10 years. Wow. I can tell you that Carolyn always looks fantastic. 
Did you hear her secret for looking on trend? It's quality and it's the accessories. Brilliant. Unquestionably, Carolyn has a much bigger closet than I do. Maybe someday I'll ask her if I can interview her again in her closet. For the record, though, we were not in my closet. We were at my dining room table. That reminds me, you should have seen the gorgeous shoes she was wearing. I wasn't too proud to ask if I could take a photo. Please take a look. There's a photo in the show notes for this episode on the website, and these shoes are stunning. Anyway, the next time I go shopping, as I said, I will feel so much better equipped. I will follow a few rules that Carolyn shared. You can access this list in the show notes on the website under the podcast tab. Here it is. First, two themes that Carolyn brought up a few times that are generally relevant. Whether you're shopping or whether you're deciding what to wear or whether you're thinking about your own personal style, they are quality and fit. The quality comment means no fast fashion and no disposable clothing. You get what you pay for and quality always looks better. It's also better from an environmental sustainability perspective. The fit comment speaks to both comfort and style. You'll be more comfortable in clothing that fits properly and that isn't pulling. Carolyn encourages us to get our clothing tailored so that it fits properly and also to update the silhouette. So if you remember only one thing from this episode, it should be this. Quality and fit are the most important. Now for shopping. What should we keep in mind in addition to quality and fit? First and foremost, and this is a big one that Carolyn mentioned a few times, try to only buy things that you can imagine yourself wearing in 10 years. If you can't imagine yourself wearing it in 10 years, put it down and walk away. That is such a great rule for so many reasons. Second, buy things that you can wear multiple times for different occasions and if possible for different seasons. Next, buy things that flatter your shape. Of course, this will make you look better. It can also become part of your personal style. Think about what silhouette looks best on you and make that part of your personal style. And last, buy clothing that is age appropriate. It should go without saying, but we've all seen older people dress too young and young people trying to look older. Dress for your age, no matter what that age is. Otherwise, it just looks ridiculous. And now, a few helpful pointers for when you're getting dressed in the morning, when you're deciding what to wear. Consider what you are doing. Will you be sitting or standing? Running around in bad weather or going from your garage to underground parking? Next, consider your look from head to toe. One bad accessory can ruin an outfit. And last, again, quality and fit are two of the most important criteria. Carolyn agreed that if you're trying to decide between two outfits, go with the one that's higher quality. I hope these pointers help you decide what to buy and what to wear and how to create your personal style. Personally, I'm feeling much more confident about all this now, thanks to Carolyn. If you're interested in learning more about fashion, I did lots of research that I'll share in this week's Talk About Talk email blog. I dive into fun things like the history of red-soled shoes, the difference between retro and vintage, and a few intriguing insights from one of my other favorite fashionistas, French model Inès de la Frassange. Do you remember her? She has some interesting things to say. If you're not already signed up for the email blog, you really are missing half the fun. Just go to talkabouttalk.com to sign up for the blog and to access all of the past blogs. One last thing. 
please don't hesitate to reach out to me on social media or email. Talk About Talk is on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. My email address is andrea at talkabouttalk.com. I'd love to hear from you. Okay, that's it. Thanks again for listening, and talk soon.